My name is Patrick Hester. I'm your host, and today I'm coming to you live from Worldcon, well, semi-live. I'm sitting here outside of the convention center with Beth. Beth, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Beth Cato. I'm the author of The Clockwork Dagger and Clockwork Crown, and next year I'll have a new steampunk series that's called Breath of Earth, and I write, my novels are steampunk fantasy, and I also write science fiction, urban fantasy, just everything. I mean, I, I have a ton of stories out there. And I'm here at Worldcon to have fun. I flew in from Buckeye, Arizona. I'm originally from Hanford, California. And I'm just, I have books and I have, I'm known for baking cookies and I'm going to be handing out cookies to people here because that's what I do. And it's awesome because we're here outside and we're beneath the red sun we from are. the smoke. It's yes. nice and creepy. I'm wondering how many how many people are going to walk away from Worldcon in Spokane and write stories under a red sun. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being something, right? Oh, that's a great story prompt, yeah. We should do an anthology. There you go. Stories under the red sun. I'm surprised someone hasn't already thought about that. I need to go find John Joseph Adams. Yeah, he's going to be here. So, you mentioned Hanford. Yes. I grew up in Fresno. Wow, yay! Yeah. San Joaquin Valley, let's do high five. <laughs> the central San Joaquin Valley, yes. I, I still, and I tell listeners all the time, I remember when Jesse the Body Ventura came through with what was then the WWF. Mm. And it was a big deal, and they had a thing on, on uh, Channel 26, KMGH. Oh, yep. And, you know, he's on there, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm so glad to be in Fresno, the armpit of California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know, the first Karate Kid movie, yeah. that's also a big plot point. My brother yes. and I found that hilarious that he didn't, his mom was going to Fresno. He didn't want to go to Fresno. Right, exactly. Yeah. No one wants to go to Fresno. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. I work for a company now that had a branch in Fresno. They closed it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, there's nothing in Fresno for us. That's it. See, I would go back there if I could just because it's home and I miss my parents back there and my family. But there aren't any jobs or anything. No, so, there's not. Yeah. It, there's huge unemployment there. And actually, when I was growing up, my older cousin, who I kind of idolized, owned a video arcade in Hanford. Well, I probably, I, yeah, if it was in the 80s. On, it the was, 80s, yeah. Then, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but he did end up selling it and getting rid of it. But well, he, I'm, he I'm sure it. I was there with my brother. <laughs> Absolutely. He we, talked about, he can't make any money off the video games, but he made money off the pop. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sell the big, big gulp kind of thing. So we have this, you know, we are, we're not even seven degrees of separation. We have yeah. like, yeah, three degrees going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I know. Central San Joaquin Valley, what are you going to do? Exactly. Fresno Fair. Uh, I remember the Fresno Fair so much. Uh. So anyway, when did you start writing? I was one of those weird kids. At age four, I was making my own books, illustrating them, and saying I was going to grow up and be an author. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So you knew, I mean, just immediately. Oh, well, yeah, I love books. I mean, one of my earliest memories is like being age two at a Kmart in Visalia at like, you know, very short and getting Berenstain Bears books off the shelf. I'm sorry. I'm I'm flashing to CNN. There was an uh, I saw an uh, uh, oh the EA a report and they thing. they said um, there was something going on in uh, Visalia in Visalia, oh, California. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> oh, and we thought there was a commercial to say Visalia, yeah. and we would always crack up laughing. Cause... Or people would come to Fresno and they're like, "We're trying to get to Yosemite. Can you give can you give us directions to Yosemite?" <laughs> yeah. And you're going, "What? What are you talking? Oh, Yosemite." Mm-hmm. Or you get Talar <laughs> instead of Tulare. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're going so meta now. Really. I mean, yeah. we brought this in. Yeah. Yeah. This We're is bonded. Stuff. Yeah. This is huge. <laughs> Me and Ed's Pizza. 
oh, my favorite. I go home and that's what we have. We drive Thank you. that first night. Yes. Someone just told me that they wanted, oh, uh, what was the old pizza? It wasn't Godfather's. Round table. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't go to Fresno for round table. You go mm-hmm. to Fresno for me and Yeah. Oh, me yeah. Nets. Yeah. That, when we go into town, that's always first night we get in. My mom orders me and That's our tradition. Salazar's? We didn't have Salazar's close by. They would always advertise on TV. Gotcha. Yeah, we had. There were Salazar's and Bobby Salazar's. He split from the family. He well, now he has now he has salsa and jars in stores or something. Really? That. Yeah, but I've been back show. home. Anyway, <laughs> now that we've had this wonderful trip down memory lane, so you're at the Kmart and you're you're doing the Berenstein. How did you pronounce it? Berenstein. Okay. Did you see that whole meme on yes. Facebook recently? Yeah, that there's like an alternate universe where yeah, it's you, a different spelling. Yeah, and you name it. Yeah, yeah. spell it differently. <laughs> Say it differently. That's true. <laughs> So, uh, what got you into science fiction and fantasy, though? That goes back even earlier, because my brother was born in 1977. My mom was, like, eight months pregnant when Star Wars came out, and he was born as a Star Wars fan. So, I was born in 1980, the year of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And literally, my first words as a baby were, Mom, and then Star Wars. (laughs) That's awesome. So, I was raised into it. My dad loves all the B-movies. I mean, he'll still, he goes between Westerns and Sci-Fi Channel. And, yeah, so I was raised with, you know, Flash Gordon, Clash of the Titans, Back to the Future. I saw that in theaters and loved that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just all that growing up. And then, you know, I love the, the girly side, too, with Rainbow Bright and all that. That was definitely my stuff. You know, I liked her horse, yeah. but I preferred He-Man to watch. Yeah. Because I didn't like pink, overly pink girly stuff. Even It, it was all about the horses. Because Rainbow seen, Bright, I love Starlight. Have you seen the reboot? Where they're from alternate universes or something and they're lovers? You no. she run, they're not like related or something. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's just wrong. Yeah. yeah. Different. I wish they'd stop rebooting stuff. Oh, they're never going to stop. I know. They're never going to stop. They can make money. Yes, as long as they can make money. Even when they don't make money, like Fantastic Four, mm. they continue to reboot it. Yeah. It's terrible. It's yeah, terrible. they've tried to reboot Rainbow Bright and it just looks wrong. She looked like a Bratz doll in the. I will say this off. they have successfully rebooted My Little Pony. Yes, that is true. Yeah, and they've made magic. it appeal to boys. Yep. So there's uh, Mile High Con in Denver, where I go, you had the bronies come mm-hmm. dressed up. So I was like, I didn't even know what they were. It was funny, Sean and McGuire didn't know what they were. Oh. We are trying to figure out what costumes they were wearing. And finally, I just walked up to a kid, and I'm like, what's your costume? Because I don't know. And it was My Little Pony. Well, there's like there's been a bronies anthology, and there's been all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what was like, what was the first science fiction thing that you started working on and writing yourself? Well, if we, and did you trunk it? Well, I trunked a lot of stuff, gosh. <laughs> but I mean, going way back, I mean, I, 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 actually I can say I was just going through my closet and cleaning out a bunch of boxes from my parents' house. And I was finding a Star Wars prequel fan fiction that I wrote like 1996. Oh, wow. Like handwritten, I was going to type it up. At the time, we only had two hours of internet a day free through my dad's work, so I never ended up uploading it or anything. But yeah, it was my own prequel and probably better than what was actually in the movies. But yeah, it was just, you know, all is this it, stuff. Is it better than the currently published The Star Wars, which is the original script? Oh, that, yeah, I looked at crap. that, yeah, I looked at that years ago, and yeah, it was kind of. Well, they produced it as a comic book. Oh, they did? Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. It's horrible. Yeah. Pretty horrible. So let's fast forward to uh, your current stuff. Yeah. So what do you have out there right now? I have the Clockwork Dagger and the Clockwork Crown. It's a duology Mm -hmm. uh, from Harper Voyager. Just came out, well, the first book came out last September, and the next book was out in June. And, yeah, I have those out, and it's alternate. It's not on Earth. It's Secondary World. 
that's based on uh, post-World War One Europe, and uh, it's a country that's been at war off and on for 50 years, wow. and I have a heroine who's a healer and has served at the front for good 10 years and she's 22 on her own and thinks she's on an airship ride to go to a new place of employment instead she finds out she's target of assassins and kidnappers wow it's kind of the the first book is very much a murder on the orient express but on an airship nice okay and she said she's a healer does she have actual magic or yes she has actual healing magic she draws her power from a world tree known as the lady okay so yeah it's very much a it's her religion is her faith and she is very devout in her faith, and drawing on, and she's unusually powered, and has complications with that power as a result. Okay. And have you, like, always gotten into steampunk? What was like the first steampunk thing that made you think I want to write this? Yeah, I was. I'm very hipster about it. I liked steampunk before it was called steampunk. Okay. But yeah, I mean, going back to when I was a kid, like Flash Gordon, and then uh, the big one, probably Final Fantasy VI which came out in the 90s and that just blew my mind. I loved how it combined epic fantasy and the traditional airships of Final Fantasy. Didn't you even mention that when you saw the red sky? Well, the yeah, red yeah sun? Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's the, the big fort of doom without the Lunarians. <laughs> but yeah, it's... But yeah, I love that combination because I hadn't seen the technology blended with epic fantasy before like mm-hmm. that. And it just it was like, wow, this is cool. I, I want to write stuff like this. And it always stayed with me. That's cool. And so you did a duology. Yes, I did. So second book picks up how far after the first book and all that. Oh, stuff. like a, like a week. Oh, just like a week. Wow. There, yeah, the the books take place over about three weeks, three four weeks. Okay. So yeah, it's a pretty tight period of time. Yeah. And do you have more plans in this universe? I have uh, short stories that are coming out as ebook. Okay. And it's that's your Harbor Voyager Impulse. The first one's already out. That's The Deepest Poison. It's kind of a prequel story. Mm-hmm. And then I have a novella that's coming out in November. And then there'll be another short story out next April. Wow. Yeah. And, and are you planning more books? Well, uh, Harbor Voyage already uh, has a new series in the works for me coming out next year called Breath of Earth. And that's also steampunk, but that's set in 1906 San Francisco. And okay. spoiler alert, there's an earthquake. Same universe or different universe? Different universe. It is Earth. Okay. It's Earth, but it's alternate history. Okay. Yeah, Civil War ended early because uh, the U.S. partnered with Steampunk Japan. And in 1906, they've formed the Unified Pacific, and they're battling for world domination, and they're basically obliterating China. So when you say the U.S. Yeah, USA. So if the Civil War was going on, how did the Civil War end? Union won. They, Union they, won. Okay. they, they blew away the Confederacy. With, the, with Japan's help. With Japan's help. Okay. And now they're tight allies, and yeah, they're trying to... They're going against Britain and all these other world powers or world domination. That's different. Yeah. It's okay. pretty intense because I had to do a lot of research trying to keep things as accurate as possible. And the, the racial issues of the time were really tricky and really horrible to read about for oh, research. Yeah. I mean, just the things I learned about even my hometown and, you know, the home area of California, the stuff they don't teach you in school just was really disgusting and sure. horrifying. Sure. Well, are you are you trying to meld some of the Japanese culture into the book as well? Oh yeah, because there's a huge Japanese influence on America. I mean, they come in and they take off their shoes at the door, put them in the garabako. I mean, it's uh, much more reference with the food, more traditional Japanese, and you have uh, just large Japanese settlements within the U.S. Okay. Because when the Civil War ended, they pretty much annihilated Atlanta, and now it's like a neo Japan, where okay. they use factories, and that's where they develop a lot of the airships and technology. Are you still doing peaches? Probably not so much. 
no Georgia peaches anymore? Oh, when you can build an airship instead, peaches, airship, you know, there's a trade. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that had to be interesting, too, trying to meld those two cultures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's still... I don't want to go too far either way. It still has to be recognizable. I mean, for me, I come at it because I've watched, you know, a good bit of anime and, mm-hmm. you know, manga and stuff like that. So I've picked up a lot of those cultural things, but it needs to be accessible for everyone. Absolutely. So that that's... When is that coming out? Uh, next summer. Next summer. Okay. And have you already started the second book or is that going to be a trilogy? How many, how many is going to be in that series? I'm going to see if it will work as a duology. Okay. Actually, right now, as we're talking, I'm expecting my revisions to, for Breath of Earth next week, probably. And then from there, I'll know and I can finalize my outline for the next book and go from there. That's awesome. Yeah, no idea what to expect from Well, and I like that you're doing duologies because some people don't want it to go on that yeah. far. And I, get, I hear that from a lot of people. They, they, even if they passionately love a series, it's hard to keep up with it. It can be, yeah. It depends. Yeah, I'm, I'm a series person. I like mm. long series. You know, I stuck with Wheel of Time. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's example. a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that. I like when the characters keep going on and on and on. But some people, they just want the one and done. And, mm-hmm. and the two and done, I think, works out well, too. Yeah. So you mentioned anime and manga. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do, you, what do you like? What are you into? I have fallen really behind okay. because so much is coming out now. Sure. I mean, when I was first getting into it, like 1992, mm-hmm. my brother borrowed a Ranma half VHS tapes from a friend, and they were totally in Japanese, no subtitles. Yes. And that was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so, I mean, that's when I started getting into it. And, yeah, so I, I you know, gosh, what's, uh, I just with my husband watched uh, Morabito, Guardian of the Spirit. <gasps> I loved that one <laughs> with the woman warrior, and she's yes, and she with takes the, the prince. Yeah, with the spirit. Oh, I love that one. Oh, awesome. I caught it on Netflix. Yeah, well, that blew my mind. Yeah, that's how we watched it. I want. That's one of the ones I wanted to go on. Okay. I was so into but that show. But it was show. just one. I loved season. it. I loved that show. The animation was great, and it was a great story. Yeah. I loved the characters because she didn't really want kids, mm-hmm. and she gets stuck with a kid, right? Yep. The prince that, and and really, they kind of wanted her to kill a kid. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, I just loved that. It was loved it. It was so nice because everyone in it was nuanced. There yes. was there, it wasn't about a big bad guy going after them. It was really about complicated people. Yeah, yeah. I we loved that. It was so good. The characters were wonderful. I, I got so into that, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it to end. I really oh uh, didn't. no, we didn't either. I was sad when I found, I looked. I was like, "There's only one season. Darn it." Yeah. Uh, that was such a good one. I, I actually um, so Django Wexler. Okay. Is a contributor to SF Signal, and yeah, he does the, the yeah. He does he does that stuff. I he does that and, column. I, yeah, I try and follow those when I can. And I've always had a hard time because for me, the entry point was Robotech. Okay. And as true manga and anime fans know, that was really a bastardization. It was three separate shows that they combined into one narrative. Mm. For American television, because the problem was American television wouldn't take short series and short seasons of stuff. You know, you had to have a certain number of episodes in order to get syndication. Yeah. So they took three separate shows, did new English stories and, and subs over them, right? And kind of brought them together as the first, the middle, and the last generation of this war. Okay. But they weren't supposed to be together. 
So a lot of people are like, no, that's not, you know, that's not real. That's not, but I loved it. I, mm-hmm. That's what I grew up on. So I've always had a kind of a hard time getting into other stuff, especially short-lived stuff. Yeah. And I was looking for something, and that's one of the ones that Netflix kind of suggested to me. And that's how we found it, too. Yeah, we just finished it, like, two, three weeks ago. It was so good. It yeah. was so good. I, I, I've done Ghost in the Machine. Okay. I, you know, I've also done, um, oh, what's the big movie that everybody knows? Starts with an A, Akira. Oh, okay, yeah. I've, I've saw yeah, that. Yeah, stuff like that. Ages ago, yeah. Yeah. I used to keep up with a lot more of that, but then it's, like, about ten years ago when just the huge influx started... And then, you know, raising a kid, and my husband, we like to watch this stuff together, and then he's on the night shift a lot, and it's just like, you know, there's just too much. Sure. In the 90s, there were so few things coming out. Yes, and, and I just had that conversation um, last Saturday. Okay. We were talking about that, a big group of us at a table, and some of the younger folks didn't realize that, that there wasn't much in the 90s. Oh, know? no. And a lot of it you had to go to a con to get, and sometimes it was bootlegs. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the same with the CDs, too. Yeah. You could only get... I mean, when the internet's like, ooh, we can finally get music CDs, and they're all song made. You know, that was the only thing you could get. Sure. Yeah. And and it's only been recently that there's been so much. Oh, yeah. And then that results in kind of an overwhelming feeling. You're going, what the hell? What do I pick? And that's it. It's like, okay, I'd like to watch anime again. Where do I even start? Exactly. And that's when you go to Django Wexler. Yep. So he's he's recommended some cool stuff. So uh, have you have has that influenced your writing, like the manga kind of stuff and the anime? Oh, I, I think it definitely has. But I think video games more than. Okay, so you mentioned video. Final Fantasy. What else do you play? Well, I did all the old school games. Growing up, I loved Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. Dragon Warrior. Hey, I did love you, did Dragon... you see on my purse? I have my slimes. I brought my slimes. Nice. <laughs> I used to have the website slimeshrine.com. Oh, really? And it was I have. Gosh, I have about a hundred plush slimes going from keychain size to bean <laughs> to an actual beanbag chair slime. That's awesome. And yeah, I have all you know. Gosh, tons of manga and dujinshi and the shitajiki pencil boards. I used I used to be hardcore importing all kinds of stuff. I have a slime derby board game. Wow. Yeah. Well, I played the first Final Fantasy on yep. a Nintendo. Yes. And my friends and I played it together. And what we would do is we'd play until we got tired, then we'd pass the remote or the control to the next person, and then they play, and we just yeah. kind of went in a circle that way. See, you're so lucky because my brother, with the one save slot, my brother dominated that. Uh, so I watched him play through several times, and I never was able to play that for really? myself. Well, we... He wouldn't share. We, <laughs> would, uh, we would also go in together to buy the games. Okay. So that's why everybody got to play. Oh, well, I'd pay, I helped pay for it, but that didn't mean I'd get to play. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to talk to your brother. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, Dragon Warrior was one of my favorites. Oh, I yeah. I loved Dragon Warrior. Yeah, Dragon Warrior, uh, one I loved, but three was my brother's favorite, and four is my absolute favorite. You know, I love Princess Elena, Christo, all those. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I love that game. Do you play anything now? Not so much, because it eats up so much time for writing and for keeping up with reading. I think the last game I actually beat was Dragon Quest Nine. Okay. A couple years ago. I just interviewed uh, over on Functional Nerds a game designer for Bioware. Oh, cool. And uh, I did tell him that he's responsible for a lot of the books that aren't getting written right now. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, people get into, people get into like, Dragon Age. Oh, yeah. And then nothing gets done. Nothing gets accomplished. Because mm-hmm. now you're just playing Dragon Age all the time. Yeah. Or you're playing Mass Effect all the time. You well, know. World of Warcraft, and yeah. World of Warcraft is my bane. I, mm. I have to stay away from it. I do. Because I got into it again last year for a oh, little yeah. while. And it was sucked up all my free time. All my free time. Yeah, see, my husband's done that and he has Final Fantasy now. And that's not as bad. It's not as much of a time eater for him. But 
But World yeah, of Warcraft, they, there's something about it. There's just something. You know, it, it hooks you and brings you in. And I've, I've said many times that uh, before World of Warcraft, I couldn't write female characters. Mm. And what happened was I was challenged to role play because I actually did role play okay. on World of Warcraft. It's just not grinding all the time. Yeah. And uh, I was challenged to role play a female character. And I thought, well, I don't know if I can do that or not, you know, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And everybody liked it. And everybody liked the character. And I thought, well, I can do this. I can write a character like this. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And and now, you know, I write all these female characters. And, and now the other thing I do is I will write stories and give them to my critique group. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't use pronouns. Oh, okay. And I make them guess. And then nice. I just sit there and go, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, the one online game I was in two years ago was Ragnarok Online. Okay. I really enjoyed that. You ever did like Conan or any of those? Mm-mm. I was, I was, that Ragnarok was my one online game. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys have an Xbox or a PlayStation or anything? Oh, we, yeah, we have, we have all that stuff now. I mean, I have a 10 year old son and he's autistic and he seriously fixates on video games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, yeah, we have, I mean, I have a DS, I think, but I just haven't pulled it out in <laughs> ages because it's a dangerous addiction. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I got into World of Warcraft, and before you knew it, I was spending all my time playing it. Like, every night I would come home, and I was part of a guild. Mm -hmm. We were a role-playing guild, and we were raiding at the same time, and we were role-playing while raiding, which people thought was insane. And, I mean, it was just, you know, come home, make some mac and cheese, scarf it down, start playing. And see, that's the danger. I know what my husband was that it became an obligation. In, instead of being fun, you get yes. to the point where it's like, no, I have to go on because I have to do guild duties. I have to yep. do this. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I quit cold turkey. Mm. And then I went back last year for a little time with a girlfriend. And we were playing because uh, she was super into it. Okay. And uh, it was all right. I, I stayed out of guilds. I, like, purposely stayed away from guilds because I didn't want to get sucked back yep. into that. And we just kind of ran around as a couple of uh, chamois. And but see, that's nice. That's nice and casual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started teaching her how to role play in the game. She didn't even know you could do it. Oh, okay. So that was kind of fun. Uh, let's see. You've got the duology out right now. Yes. And is that available everywhere? Can they? Is it like Amazon and Amazon UK? Can you get it in other countries? Yeah, it's it's worldwide, okay. and yeah, it's paperback, ebook, you know, whatever you prefer. And it's I know in the U.S. it's in a lot of Barnes and Noble stores. Okay. On your website, if someone wants a signed copy, can they contact you and get a signed copy? They can contact me, and I can also send them a signed book plate to okay. stick in their book. And what's the website? BethKato.com, and that's B-E-T-H-C-A-T-O. Okay. And I almost wish I was wearing my Green Hornet shirt right now. See, yeah, we get a lot of those shirts. Yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> better, Especially at this kind of con. Better that than Cato Kalen references, though. Oh. My husband had to deal with that through the 90s. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's Cato with a C, and, yeah, I'm on there, and I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Pinterest, where I have, like, 6,000 recipes, most of those being cookies. So, yeah, and I do recipes every Wednesday on my blog. I'm yeah, going for but that. you didn't give me any cookies. I have some right here in my tote bag. Oh! So, we, yeah, <laughs> lemon cornmeal shortbread is what nice. I Nice. Do you have gluten-free? No, I don't. I don't do gluten-free, but I'm here with JT, my friend, and he's having to do gluten-free. It's actually kind of cool because we were at the, the Double Tree. Okay. And they hand you the cookie, and I asked them if it was gluten-free, and they said no, and I looked at him and said, ha you can't have any, <laughs> and I ate the cookie. Yeah, see that? I already had someone ask about gluten-free. That's the thing, though, because I need to make a large quantity 
And yeah. yeah, that's hard with gluten-free because all the stuff's expensive, too. I understand. Well, you're here at Worldcon. Are you doing any other conventions this year? This is my last big convention for the year. Okay. Coming up in September, I have a book signing at the Metro Center Barnes & Noble. Cool. And I have a link about that on my website. And I'm also going to be at Murder by the Book in Houston. Nice. Uh, I think that's it's the last weekend in September. And I'll be there with Chuck Wendig and Richard Cadry doing uh, that signing. So yeah, it's gonna see, be, that's going to be a blast. I'm sorry. No. Oh, why do you say no. that? I mean, Chuck Wendig, really? Really? That guy? I'm I, just teasing. I, you know, I, feed, I love Chuck. I'm teasing. I feed him cookies and it teams him. Yes. That's the secret. <laughs> Chuck Chuck is one of the nicest guys in the world when mm-hmm. you meet him in person. And a lot of people think because of his you know online stuff that he's just going to be in your face. And and, and, kind of, and he's not. He's just Oh, and you think he's going to be cursing person. like a sailor the yeah. whole time? And no, he's a sweet guy. Yeah, I actually did a face-to-face interview with him and he didn't cuss. I'm like, Chuck, come on. <laughs> you have a reputation. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Houston, that's where SF Signal is is based out of. That's awesome. where John Donardo is. Okay. So I have to tell him to go over there and say hello. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping He's fond of bear claws. Oh. Yeah, so if you can actually make a bear claw, that would that would really win him. Well, up. I'm sure I'll make something, but I don't <laughs> think a bear claw would be too portable. Could you make a cookie in the shape of a bear claw? Probably. The problem with that, the icing would not keep well for travel, uh, especially in the summer. Icing has, is really only good the day it's made. Gotcha. And you know that Houston is ridiculously hot. Well, yeah, and humid. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So we've talked about the duology. You've got the other book coming out next summer. Yes. So that'll be hopefully another duology. Yep. And what else is on the horizon for you? I mean, what, what else are you working on? What do you What do you want our listeners to know? Lots of short stories out there. I know I'll have uh, one in Galactic Games from Band that cool. comes out uh, next year for the same time as the Rio Olympics. And I have a space opera hockey story. Nice. So that was loads of fun. So, so when you were writing that, every time did you hear, Chiching Blades of Steel? <laughs> no, because that's not a game that I would have ever played growing up. Oh, really? No. Yeah, it was on Nintendo. It was well, cool. I know it's a very famous game, but yeah, that's not one we would have rented. I don't like sports games, but I love that game. You did? Yeah, that one and Tecmo Bowl. Well, see, Tecmo Bowl is famous. Yeah, because Tecmo Bowl, you could just run up the screen until all your players were off screen and just keep running and then throw the ball, and someone would catch it and you could get a touchdown nice. every single time. That's the secret. Yeah, it was a nice little hack. It was better than up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start. Yeah. But that one has a reputation. That's it one. does, yes, yeah. and a song. It has a song, too. It doesn't yeah. surprise me. Kirby Crackle. Okay. I'll it's a love song, it. believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very educational. Yes. Yes, I have to. So, why don't you tell people again uh, website, social media, and all that good stuff? Yeah, I'm Beth Cato, and my last name is C A T O. And yeah, I have a website. You can go on there, find links to my social media. I am on Twitter as at Beth Cato, so pretty easy to find. And I'm on Facebook too. Feel free to add me. You know, I'm happy to talk with you and say hi and share cookie recipes and you know talk about books and cool stuff that's awesome well thanks for coming on the show today oh thanks for having me this is awesome you're here beneath oh we don't have the creepy it's still around the red sign is still there it's hiding it hasn't exploded yet it will yes it will get us yet (laughs) from the middle skip the books up on the top so up up down down left right left right be a select start i'm trying to unlock your heart from years of walls and when hyrule falls i'm hoping that the things i do are working to connect with you i wish i could know what you dream are you flying high without a care do people often stop and stare cause you're both a girl and a fan
Thank you for listening to the Hugo Award-winning SF Signal podcast. Your host is Patrick Hester, an author, a blogger, and a functional nerd. His website is www.atfmb.com, which stands for all things from my brain. ATFMB is also his Twitter handle and where you can find him on Facebook. Our podcast is available for download every week at sfsignal.com or via iTunes. Look for the links to subscribe in the sidebar at sfsignal.com or search SF Signal in iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends and their friends and so on and so on. Visit the Hugo Award-winning sfsignal.com for all of your speculative fiction needs. John D. and the SF Signal regulars offer up new content every day, from weekly mind melds featuring your favorite authors, editors, and artists from the SF and F field, to book reviews, original articles and essays, fiction deals, movie reviews, videos, links and roundup posts, and more. Click the RSS button in the sidebar of your browser to ensure you never miss a post. The SF Signal podcast is powered by the Functional Nerds. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Angry um, robot. It's like talking to a child. Magic wooey. Thinking and crap. I don't even know what the horseman is. And scene, you bastard.